Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and welcome to the Friday Show. It's a show that's trying to be mature about this weekend's derby, which is why we're putting together this reasoned and erudite preview of Manchester City versus Manchester shitty Poobum. Unsurprisingly, all of our attention today is taken up by the 186th encounter between good and evil. But whereas in the past going to Old Trafford felt like we were a rebel alliance flying into the trenches of the Death Star, these days it's just four stands with leaky roofs. Balancing that out though is the annoying fact that we haven't beaten United in the league since April 2019. We are due one. To discuss our chances, I'm delighted to be joined by three guys who are the podding equivalent of an Ian Brightwell Thunderbastard from 25 yards just beyond Jim Layton's grasp. It's Asan, Chris and Lloyd. Hi Asan, you well? Really good mate, how are you? I'm good, yeah, regretting that intro, bit immature, but you know. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. Your yeah. intros are your domain, my friend. Oh, written at 6am this morning with a screaming baby in my, in my uh, palm. So yeah, yeah, but, but that side, I'm good. So how's things out there? I believe the weather's not all it's cracked up to be at the moment. No, everybody can Everybody can have a little chuckle. There's going to be a week-long uh, storm uh, on the island. So. Jesus. It's been it's been raining for twenty four hours and we've got a tornado warning for Sunday, which will be uh, interesting. I've never I've never encountered a tornado in real life before, so maybe uh, maybe that's something to look forward to as well as the derby. Well, yeah, that's it was a tornado on Saturday as well at Old Trafford, in but it. yeah, in our favour. And um, Chris, how's things, mate? Yeah, good morning, everybody. Um, yeah, we haven't got tornadoes, uh, ASM, but it is starting to get very chilly in Manchester now. So, <laughs> yeah, it feels like winter. So, yeah, so if we can put a chill up United's backside tomorrow. Um, these, 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 these weather analogies are nice, aren't they? Look, better have one. Yeah, yeah, I'm loving I'm, these. Absolutely love it. Lloyd, I want this every month. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lloyd, how's the weather where you are? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sonny. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't have a good analogy though, but um, yeah, no, I'm all good, thanks, Steve. Okay, and have you put the heating on yet? Have I put the? Uh, yes, we have had it on a bit. Uh, we're in like a basement flat, so it can get a bit nippy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, let's get stuck into this. Um, this is a big one. The nerves are kicking in this morning. Um, up until today, I've just been like, you know, oh, I'll be the weekend. Kind of looking forward to it. Now, just that innate pessimism of being a blue is kicking in a bit um i'll start with you asan am i right to feel kind of worried in any way about this weekend i mean you know i think yeah it's the the problem is or the problem i think the thing that we should probably do is um not focus on who their manager is just sort of focus on the good players that they've got yeah. if you look at the good players that they've got then that's not an easy game you can't you can't approach a game like that with that level of talent in the squad and go, oh, that'll be an easy game. Because ultimately, as as shit as they are and as inconsistent as they are, the one thing you know is that on Derby Day, they'll they'll all turn up. Do you know what I mean? So it's uh, it's one that you're right to be nervous and be apprehensive about. I think particularly off the back of what happened at Palace last weekend, where... You know, suddenly it means that if you don't win in the derby, that's no wins in two league games. And for this side, that's very, very, very rare that you go back to back league games without a win. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm, uh, it's weirdly, it's a derby that carries 
pressure. And that's not something I've said a lot over the last five or six years because, you know, or maybe even longer because United have been shit for so long that <laughs> I don't really remember the last time that they were good. But I personally feel from a City point of view, a little bit of pressure this weekend. Yeah, it's, I mean, Chris, if we look back over the last three games, uh, the nil against West Ham, uh, losing 2-0 to Palace, of course, and then the 4-1 against Bruges, where City were really poor in that first half. How would you kind of sum up our form going into this game? I mean, I'm loath to kind of pile all three fixtures into one sort of story, really, because each one had their own sort of narrative to yeah. them. Um, but, if I mean, our form, I, th- I think our form is okay. And now, statistics might say, well, you know, you drew, you drew West Ham and you lost to Palace, but the Palace one was such, was su- you know, such a, a, an anomaly, really. And the second half of Bruges felt a lot more what we, what we're used to. But I kind of, I, I really agree with the feeling that's in the room because it just feels like Aitan suggested there that, that this derby has more at stake to it than any derby in recent memory really um and you know with a combination of if they if they win they draw level points and chelsea and liverpool can effectively steal a march on us even though it's still really early but it's also about not giving this this united obsessed media an opportunity to go full force with it which if they beat us they will do uh, uh categorically so I still think if both teams play at their most effectively, City will win. But I feel I feel more apprehensive about this than I can than any derby I can I can remember for the past three or four years. Um, Lloyd, kind of generally speaking, I mean, maybe even looking as as a season as a whole, um, kind of what shape is City in right now? Um, I'm in pretty good shape. Let's be honest. Our, our recent form hasn't been fantastic. Um, but in a way, I think uh, I don't know why. I think that actually might a little bit because I think often we've gone into Dark Solskar in fantastic form, and it may not have helped in a way. And I think that's just because Derby's everything kind of goes out the window a bit, and we've had a few where they've just kind of caught us on the hop a little. Um, it's it's weird. I actually feel slightly differently to what Chris said in terms of apprehensiveness. I actually think um, for some reason I, this time around compared to probably the last couple of seasons, I don't feel as um, kind of, I don't feel as much of a lack of confidence as I, in those games that we might not get something out of it. I actually do think the addition of Ronaldo whilst he scores lots of goals and has been amazing. I think that they are quite a different threat now. They're not the counter-attack threat that they were Yes, when we played them in, in the past, I think that's where we, they've really damaged us. Um, and Spurs, that they can press like that, but I, I do think they, they probably aren't that crypt tonight that maybe they were in the past couple of Solskjaer seasons. Uh, okay. Well, that's an interesting point. I mean, you've got to balance that out by Ronaldo's quality and, and his clinicalness and, you know, all that he brings to the to the table. Um, but like concentrating He's on... scoring a banger on the break now. Yes, yeah, after yeah. what Lloyd just said, he's definitely <laughs> scoring a banger on the break now, Lloyd. He's going to have the highest pressing stats of all 22 as well. <laughs> 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 um, no, City Asan, um, it, it's relevant that Stones and Diaz might very well start together for the first time this season. Um, how much of a plus is that? I thought Laporte started the season really well. So, you know, like I'm loath to, to be too harsh on him. Personally, 
I know I, I understand why some people prefer Diaz Laporte because of because of the right foot left foot thing. But I think that when Stones and Diaz play together, and again, not to tempt fate, I'm not gonna touch wood here, but when Stones and Diaz play together, I feel as though we're defensively more dominant. And I feel as though actually the distribution from the back is faster and crisper. And I don't know if that's because Stones is really somebody who backs himself to play difficult passes. Um, But you feel as though you get more line-breaking passes when Stones and Diaz play together uh, than when Diaz and, and Laporte play together. So, yeah, I mean... I think regardless of of uh, of the red card um and what happened at Palace I felt in the last 4 weeks as though Laporte's form was slipping a little bit and I felt as though Stones was very very close to getting himself back into the team. Yeah. So now I'm like right okay cool I'm 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 happy with the fact that that it comes in the derby and I'm Kind of glad he had that weird own goal in midweek as well. And they've come through that and won the game comfortably in the end because those types of things will just give you more confidence. Well, either side of them, I mean, it really does come down to whether Kyle Walker is fit or not. Um, it looks like he possibly will be fit, but we don't know until the kickoff. Um, if he is, obviously it's going to be Walker and you'd expect Cancelo to be left back again. Otherwise, Zinchenko left back, Cancelo um, right back. Ahead of them, though, it gets a bit murky. I mean, it comes down to interpretation, really, Chris. I mean, that midfield, the front three, who would, for you personally, who should make up that front six? I'm really working hard not to overreact to that second half against Brugge because obviously Raz came on and and Jesus came on and really impacted the game, I thought. And, um, but. I know we watched up about this after the after the match, but I mean, I think Bernardo Rodri first names on the sheet, um, and then it's a question of Gundo and KDB. But for me, KDB, if he doesn't play a false nine, I wouldn't play him. Um, right. uh, so, so I, I'm more I'm more tempted to go for Rodri, Bernardo, and Gundo, um, and 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 then either having um, Phil, um, KDB, and Raz, or Phil. And Jesus and Raz. Um, I just, I mean, long conversations about Mares and Grealish before, but just in terms of pace, just in terms of hastiness of pass, I just think it's an opportunity now for Sterling in, in particular. Um, he didn't look particularly happy in the in, in in the game on 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 Wednesday, but he scored and he still he still looked effective. So yeah, I think I think I would shake it up a little bit um, because I I think United will play dead. For the first thirty minutes, so we could do it, you know, a little bit of pace to be able to get behind their full box. You know what? I was going to move on then to, to Raz, but this is a fascinating area. We, we, you've got to throw it open to everyone. Um, Lloyd, your front six. Mm, it's um, yeah, there's, it's it's tough. I think for me, there are four na- four nailed on blokes. So uh, Rodri, Bernardo, Foden, and Jesus. I would say, mm. um, well, in the Premier League, Jesus is played in the Premier League, Mahrez has played in the Champions League, that's generally how it's gone. Around that, I think it's then difficult because I play, but I, as um, as Chris said, I don't think really he could play without playing Kev up front, uh, but I also think you can't not start De Bruyne despite the fact he's been absolutely gashed for the last, I don't know how long. Yeah. So I would start De Bruyne, I'd probably put 
Gundo on the bench. I'd have Rodri, Bernardo, Kev, and I would play Raz on the right, Gabriel Jesus on the left, and Phil up front, probably. And what was your thinking behind putting Gabby on the left? Um, I don't love it, but uh, he will do a better job there than Sterling will do on left. And I think Sterling, for me, I know he's played his good football left, but he look more natural and I just prefer his runs coming from the right hand side I think he showed some good signs there midweek um, so I would go with that but obviously there's a lot to debate Ari Green but Kev Front should Mahrez play etc I, I have a theory you now that Sterling starts on the left in, in the derby this weekend because my theory is that Pep Guardiola regards Wampasaka as United's best pure defender and just putting pitting those two together kind of cancels each other out. Um, you look at the previous games and they're just having a duel for 90 minutes. He's got a horrible record though. He has. He has, but it's almost, you know, he ties once Bissaka up. Not that he's much of an attacking threat, but even so, they just take care of themselves over there and then pet back the rest of his his attackers to kind of demolish what is essentially a poor defence, I believe. Um, Aysand, you're front six and do you think that Raj should start? Um... So I just want to pick up on what Lloyd said. You, you you can't you can't drop KDB. I don't. Or I think maybe even Chris said it as well. Like I I don't think that I don't think there's a world in which Kevin De Bruyne doesn't play in the derby. Um, for me, my front front six, if you want to call it that, I, I said it on the uh, on the pod the other day. Uh, I think it should be. Um, uh, I'd play Raz on the right. I'd play Foden on the left. I'd play De Bruyne as the false nine, and I'd play Rodri, Bernardo, and Gundo as the as the midfield three and you know it's rare that i would be brave enough to go like oh i think pep would do that because he's so difficult to predict but you know what i think that might be the team you know i i appreciate the fact wouldn't that, hate that yeah, at all i i think the one player who would be unlucky in that is is gabby but i think that the reason it might end up being that is more or less what I said on the pod the other day that I think with Kev right now, I'm not sure that you want him in the midfield three in the derby just in case he's still a bit, you know, off with his passing because I think that United are a massive threat on the counter. Um, And I think that maybe giving him a free roll in the false nine might be the answer. It might just be, I think the smart thing might be to just say to Kev, you know what? You find spaces and you go and play in those spaces. Don't worry too much about going the other way. Mm. Let the others, let the midfield three do that and the two, uh, and the two wide men. And then I think Foden and Sterling, uh, I think Foden, I think Foden will, will eat Wambasaka if, if he comes up against him. Uh, and I think that, uh, on the other side, Raz against, is Luke Shaw fit? I'm not 100% on that. I don't know. Okay. But again, uh, Raz against Luke Shaw. I think that's uh, I think that's more interesting than Raz against uh, against Juan Bissaka. Yeah. So so yeah. So that's my that's my team and that's my reasoning. And also, I think that that's a team that can control the game and be dangerous. Like I think United, what they struggle with is intelligence. Weirdly enough, I think that they're a they're such a vibes team and they're so undercoached that intelligent players and intelligent movement just destroys them. That's what Liverpool did. Like Liverpool just, 
you know, they, they saw where the gaps were and they just ran into them and they, they were intelligent in the way that they played. And I think that that collection of players that I've just chosen there, I think that that's the smartest collection of players that we've got with obviously with the exception of, of Grealish, but on form, I don't see, I don't think Grealish should get in the side. Now, having said all that, Pep's going to pick Grealish, isn't he? I, it's hard, you know, that's 50-50 with Grealish. I really, do, I don't know where I fall on that. I, personally, I would rather he didn't start because of his form, as you say, but whether Pep picks him, it's, yeah. it's, it's 50-50. Hey, did every, I mean, I, I'm presuming that you all listened to, to the pod that me and Howard did the other day. Does anybody think I've been harsh on Grealish? No, I don't, I don't think, yeah. I, I think, I think there's, 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 there's two, there's two, Trains of thought on this, which run parallel. I think Grealish has has settled in really quickly, and yeah. he's shed any of his um, sense of uh, obligation that he has to lead. He has to win a game on his own, yes. which he had yeah. uh, had at Villa. And, mm. and and I and I think he's. I think next season he'll become an absolute prime pet player. So I think that that is one train of thought. The other train of thought that runs parallel is that at the moment I don't think he's having a huge amount of impact from that from that left wing side, um, and and I feel that that's where his learning has to come. So I I, I think I think I think it's okay. I, I think I think it's a. It sounds crazy to say for a hundred million pound player, it's a work in progress. But he is any player that joins Guardiola's um, squad in the first season. You are a work in progress. I do think that Pep will pick Grealish, um, which I will be disappointed in. But then, obviously, Guardiola knows more than I do. But I think, I think, I think Grealish will come good. Not that he's playing badly now, but he'll find a way to be more effective more quickly. I, I just see a lot of him retaining possession of the ball, but actually not making yards and not particularly. Although he has created a lot of opportunities as well, so I'm kind of conflicted. But no, I don't think you were mm. too harsh. I actually think, Asen, you're just more in that stage of. You just you 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 you're thinking about it, and at the minute in a key game like the derby, we can't afford to have somebody who is in a transitional period, and and someone like Foden isn't. So I would definitely put Foden instead of Grealish. I just think, and I, again, like it'd be interested to know what you guys think. I just think that one of the things that we've one of the reasons that I think Pep's record against Solskjaer has been not amazing is that I feel as though. In, in a lot of those games, we've paid United a bit too much respect. There's mm. been, we played like we did, we, we play them like we're playing Liverpool. There's a sense of just keep the ball. Don't break lines too much. Don't leave too many gaps. I think he's Pep's conditioned by the Otamendi derby at the Etihad a few years ago, right? Where they've just, we've, we've controlled possession, but they've had three breaks and they've scored three goals or something like that. And I think that since then, he's paid them a little bit too much respect. And I think that going into the game tomorrow, I think we have to be aggressive. I really do. And I think that that means that Mares Grealish turning back in on yourself and passing it sideways and backwards isn't the answer. You want players on both wings that are going to engage the fullbacks and go, no, I'm going past you. I'm going to go past you every time. You've got to try and stop me. Um, so that's my reasoning behind Foden and, and Sterling. I think if, if Pep's going to do a Grealish, then I think he's going to pick the same team as, as, uh, as he did against Liverpool. Um, where Grealish ends up in the false nine, Foden ends up in the left. It's KDB, Bernardo, Rodri, and Jesus was on the right against yeah, uh, against Liverpool. So maybe maybe Jesus or Raz, but that's how I, that's how I see Grealish fitting in. I'd be really surprised if 
uh, Foden is false nine and he isn't on the left because I think, I think we've seen putting Foden left. He's at his, I just don't think he sees enough of the ball in dangerous areas when he plays false nine. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm, it's definitely going to be just like that first that hour before kickoff, a real fascinating opening up of Twitter, just kind of grimacing, <laughs> not really knowing what to expect. and just hoping that there's nothing to left field. But I don't know if this is, I don't know if this is good or bad, but I'm going out for, uh, I'm going out for drinks tonight and I fully, fully, fully intend to be badly hung over tomorrow morning. Like I, I basically, I want to wake up as the team, <laughs> As the team comes out, do you know what I mean? Yeah, as, I agree, as it's that yeah. time, that's that's when I want to wake up. What I don't want to do is wake up at half nine, be fresh, because yeah. then I'll just th- those four <laughs> hours will drag, and I'll be anxious, and it'll do my head in. Whereas if I'm hungover, I won't really have time to think about it. I'll just wake up, look at the team, and go, "All right, let's get through this." That's going to be the title of this podcast: How to Survive Derby Day. <laughs> I, am not, I, I am not looking at a screen until twenty nine minutes past twelve tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not going. I'm not going to do. And I, can't, I don't want to listen to what will be United infused bullshit from that media uh, coverage. <laughs> I am not interested, man. So yeah, twenty nine minutes past twelve, and then I'll start. I'll open my eyes. Well, you said they United infused media. Um, let's hardly infuse, but let's t- turn our attentions to United. Um, Lloyd, it exasperates me that Solskjaer has a better record in this fixture than Pep uh, since the Norwegian's appointment. Um, tellingly, from United's four wins under Solskjaer, they've averaged 32.2% possession. So less than a third possession in those four wins. Uh, just soaked up pressure, committed uh, men forward. Intelligently, it has to be said, on the counter. It's a very good effect. Now, you said earlier, you can't see him playing that same way with Ronaldo. But they've had such joy with playing that way against City. So... Where does where does the compromise lie there for Solskjaer? Yeah, well, sorry, I'm going to be quite bullish. Like I've watched quite a lot of United this season, and they just don't play the same way as mm. they did. Ronaldo has completely changed how they how they play. Um, they do not have the kind of quick interchange between Rashford, Greenwood, Fernandez, Cavani, etc. That they had before. Um, since Cavani and Ronaldo have played together, that's added a slightly different element in that he's got someone alongside him. And I think you saw that goal on the break at Spurs. Ronaldo actually turned provider for yeah. what felt what felt like the first time since he's been at United, rather than just putting it in the net. So that's given them a slightly different angle. But they, I, I live with a United fan. Um, so we talk about them a lot. And he couldn't be more down on United at the moment. Like he said that he has absolutely hated this season and he's it, since Fergie this is potentially the, the the least he's enjoyed watching them play in terms of stylistically and just how they've managed to get through on just late Ronaldo winners to stave off like the inevitable so mm. yeah I've watched a lot of them I just don't think with how they play now they are going to cause us as many issues as in the past and yes I'm sure Ronaldo is going to get a chance and I'm sure to be honest he will most likely score but particularly if Solskjaer looks to go with it that's slightly more defensive formation um and I imagine he might not be a three now because Varane is out so who, yes. who the fuck who yeah. the fuck can he play at the back um so it, that again could be slightly different but still irrespective I just yeah I, I am feeling slightly bullish on it yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what he does up front with Cavani and, and Ronaldo. I can't see the two of them starting, and yet the two of them starting would be what worries me the most. Some 
fantastic stats came out recently showing how little Ronaldo presses. Um, and everyone was focusing in on that and saying that's where the problem is for United. But surprisingly, Greenwood was in the bottom 5% of, of Premier League forwards in, as regards to his pressing. So if you've got the two of them starting, neither of your forward line is doing any pressing or work whatsoever. Just exposes the midfield, which is bang average, which then in due course exposes the defence, which is poor. So by playing Cavani, United have a far better chance of succeeding, I believe. Um Chris, what do you think the likely lineup will be for United? Um, I think what's interesting we keep we keep mentioning the same names here, right? And and I think that the the, the, the I think defensively they're going to have a challenge because you know Varane's injured, Maguire. I wouldn't play him in the Sunday League side at the minute, mm. and you know, and so so they are really they are really struggling. I think. I mean, they, 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 I think they they don't exactly they don't lack depth. Uh, in the squad, but in terms of a sort of exquisite quality, I, I think that they do. I, I, I think the lineup is more about it's 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 how they like. Does anyone on this pod think that he won't play Ronaldo in in, in the in the he derby? Has, he has to Absolutely no way. He hundred yeah. percent right, okay. will play. All right. So if he plays Ronaldo, then the question is right. How do they line up? Okay, are they going to sit deep? In which case, what what what's the purpose of Ronaldo? Are they going to press high? If they do, what's the purpose of Ronaldo? Because because he doesn't press. Their loss to Liverpool wasn't just a testament to the fact that Liverpool are seasons ahead of them at the moment, but it's also a testament to the fact that in big games like this, Solskjaer hasn't got a fucking clue what to do. <laughs> the reason United got dicked 5-0 is because Solskjaer did not know how to play against them because he's not going to drop Ronaldo. I mean, I guarantee it, it, it's in Ronaldo's contract that if he's fit, he plays because Solskjaer will not know how to address City. And so I, I do subscribe to a little bit of uh, Lloyd's uh, confidence here that, as I say, if they sit deep, they're going to be their front two will be ineffective. If they try and press, we know that they don't. We know that they don't press well at all. I don't know what they do on the training field at all. So actually, I actually think it matters how they particularly line up. If they are relying on Ronaldo and the dynamic between Ronaldo and the two midfielders behind him, whether that's Fernandes or Pogba, whoever that is, I think that they are going to be in trouble. The only thing that concerns me is because like the nature of any derby, it can be unpredictable, particularly when there are those things at stake. But what I do wonder is whether he wants to play Pogba and Fernandes in the same midfield, because that, I think that would weaken them um, even further, possibly. Well, I was, I was, I saw on Twitter last night that Pogba hasn't been in the squad for all four of United's wins against City. Um, I'm assuming a couple of those would have been injuries, but surely not all four would have been injuries across two seasons, three seasons, sorry. Um, so that is really interesting that, that, that Solskjaer clearly doesn't trust Pogba against City. Um, so I don't think he's going to start. I think it's going to be Fernandez midfield, but looking at them as, as a whole, Asan, it's, it's always said about United and it's bang on that they are overly reliant on individuality and on moments. Um, we seem to be doubling down on that right now. I mean, their reliance on Ronaldo is just farcical. Um, it's not a sustainable strategy, this, and yet it does work for them up to a point, doesn't it? I mean, I think that uh, I think it works for them in so far as it can work for any collection of very good players. United yeah. have got a collection of very good players. 
And in that collection of very good players, they've got individuals who can do, who, who basically can score goals out of nothing. And you've got individuals who in a moment can do something that it's very difficult to live with. Um, but at the same time, as a team, they're shite. So <laughs> trying to, trying to kind of, uh, undo that knot is a little bit complicated. I, I kind of, I hear what Lloyd and Chris are saying about how they can't press and how they're different under Ronaldo and all that sort of stuff. But I can't help but feel that that's not the right attitude. The right attitude is to go, you know what? We're playing Crystal Palace, but with much, much, much better players. And United will be as aggressive as Palace were because it's a derby. And that's the one thing that Solskjaer will make sure that they are, is that they're aggressive. And they've got better forward, better attacking players than than Palace have. So we have to be at our best. We have to be at our imperious best uh, if we want to win that game. I, I think the it's just not it's not about whether they can press or whether they're not as good in the transition as they were last season or the season before. The reality is that for a few years now, United have beat City because of individuals having individual performances yeah. that are big in moments. Um, I think what what is interesting, and maybe worth throwing it back to you, Free, is just I see that Guardiola's record is better at Old Trafford against Solskjaer than it is at the Etihad. And mm. I wonder whether it's a little bit easier for us to, we're such an unemotional side. I say this a lot that city don't play on emotion. Right. And so I wonder whether it's easier to go to Old Trafford where the pressure and the onus is on United and it's less emotional for city and they can kind of go there and be at their calculated best. Whereas at the Etihad, there's the emotion of your own supporters behind you and the fact that it's a derby. And maybe that creeps a little bit into the mistakes that we end up making or the idea that we go behind and we don't quite, we can never quite wrestle control back. There is an element of a bit like Palace last weekend where, you know, first half they score early before the goal, we playing really, really well. And then they score. And then, you know, it's not that, we get a bit too emotional. We try a little too hard, a little too fast. Everything is, we got to score a goal right now. Whereas if you just double down on what you're good at and what you know, then you probably can wrestle control of the game back. So looking at United tomorrow, looking at the game being at Old Trafford, that's my feeling. My feeling is that on the one hand, I can't get into the mindset that they're, they're, even though they're shite, I can't get into the mindset that it's an easy game. The mindset is very much that that's Palace with better players and you need to look at it like that. And then on the other side, I look at it from City's point of view and go, maybe under Pep, the way we play, we're better suited to go into Old Trafford and getting a result than we are at the Etihad right now. What do you think? Yeah, Isn't it, isn't it, I tell you that on board, but isn't it more a case that, that when United play at home, they are compelled to attack? Because they have that, because they because of the pressure from the crowd. When they come to the Etihad, they're much more likely to sit back, and that's why we've been caught on the break so often against them. Whereas I think Guardiola is more successful at Old Trafford because United are compelled to come forward. If you come forward and leave spaces behind, then that plays completely into our hands. I looking back at so many of those defeats. Um, 
against United, where, where often we've been caught on the break. What what is a, what is a, 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 a kind of undeniable element is also is that we've not taken our chances. We have created chances and we haven't taken them. In the second half against Brugger, we took our chances. Against Palace, we didn't create that many chances, but the, one, but the ones that we did create, we, we didn't take. I anticipate no matter what way United approach this game, we will still dominate possession and we should still mm. be able to take we should still be able to create chances um in and around their box it's about taking those chances i think first goal in this game is absolutely key whoever scores the first goal it will absolutely have a huge impact on the narrative and and if it's us then United have to respond to that, which I think will make it easier for, easier for us. So I just, I know it's been an ongoing theme that we've said so many times, take your chances, take the chances. But in this game tomorrow, we have to take those chances. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Asan. It's like, I'm not treating United like, like they're a West Ham or, or, or they're a Palace. They have got better players. And even though we can criticise the fact that Solskjaer relies completely on those moments of brilliance from those individuals, that still occurs. And that's why they are still only three points behind us in, in, in the table. So I, I just, I will get concerned that it, after 45 minutes, if we've created a, a, a you know a bag of chances we haven't taken, that's when that's when the doubts will start to creep into me because that will instill confidence in United's ability to be able to nick it. See, my nerves were being eased in this part by listening to the three of you, and now what you've said, Chris, is the game rests on us finishing our chances, and now I'm more nervous than ever. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that, that's not going to happen, um, Lloyd. Okay. There's a couple of other cliches, really, as regards to this fixture, um, that the mm. game is won and lost in midfield, and that it's essential that the big stage players turn up on the day. So, obviously, for City, we're talking about KDB in that regard. Do those cliches apply to this fixture, do you think? Is the midfield key, and is the Bruin showing up key? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, United's midfield is shite, so um, that's generally where they lose games and I think again I've watched a lot of them this season because my housemate's United fan and basically he's he's what he's been saying which I completely agree with is when they leave their midfield exposed because they don't put enough pressure on the ball ahead of it then McTominay and Fred are generally you know they're not good enough to to deal with issues but also to be able to play out when they do get the ball and they get caught Fred particularly so Absolutely, it's key. I mean, look, if we, you know, I, I actually think to dominate the ball and to put, to put United under the highest amount of pressure, I think the best lineup actually is to play Gundo, Bernardo, Rodri and Kev up front. I think that completely swamps the fuck out of them, particularly yeah. if they can't play free at the back, which I'm just, I've just been looking at United's uh, team. I don't think they can because Lindelof's injured and Varane's injured. And they've only got Bailly and uh, Sunday League Maguire, so um, I think they could be struggling a bit to play. But they've got they've got big three. Phil Jones, Lloyd. Come on, <laughs> he thinks he gets you think he gets rolled out. Yeah. I mean, you know what? The it's weird actually. The, the one player I was really nervous about facing in derbies this season is Sancho um, because I think he could do so much damage to City. But I mean, wow, that, that's gone that's gone yeah. terribly, and he won't yeah. even. I doubt he'll even. He'll probably even get on the pitch, uh, maybe maybe from the bench. Um, just as a really small, interesting tidbit, I heard 
from Sancho's agents through one of the journos that he uh, they brief the journos that he's struggling with um, adapting to life at United because he's used to being coached. Really? Oh, that's a beaut. That's a oh, what a gorgeous little tidbit. Um, for me, it's Rashford. He's the one who I fear because he's a local lad. Uh, yeah, he definitely. gets it. He scored four in eleven, I think, in the derby. Um, but and yet it feels like more. It always seems to be Rashford, particularly on the break as well. Um, so he's the one I, I kind of fearful of. Um, going back to what you were saying there about the defence, Maguire was picked well, against Liverpool. He wasn't in any way, or shape, or form fit, and yet Bailly was available. I mean, that is just a big snub to Bailly. Bailly is now knowing mm-hmm. that his coach does not rate him whatsoever. And now, so whatever Solskjaer is telling him this week about, you know, oh, you've got this. Mm, Bailly will be thinking, no, you don't believe that. So that, that could be a, a psychological factor as well. Um, okay, Aysan, how do you see this, generally speaking, how do you see this game playing out? I mean, I agree with Chris that I think, I think first goal is is very very important um it's not about how i see it playing out so i think united will play dead so i don't think that they will do us the favor that they did liverpool and try and press us right i think that they'll he'll cobble together three at the back again because ollie's basically an idiot and so he'll look at the good <laughs> press that he's got for no who's it's true play- like you know who do you think he's playing there though what in the back three yeah uh, uh, the the three centre halves that he's got available by Lindelof and and Lindelof's and injured, mate. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Then he'll play Shaw. He'll play Shaw. Shaw's played on the left yeah, of, a, has, of, a, of a of a back three before. He's he's gonna. It's gonna be a. It's going to be a seven or eight defenders, right? And then two or three guys to play on the break. I think nailed on. That's the tactic that he's going with. So I think for City, the onus is going to be on us, not just to keep possession, because effectively when they play like that, they're almost saying to you, you can have the ball, right? So then it becomes about what you do with the football. And I think, you know, I, I cannot I cannot stress enough that for me, we can't be timid. We have to be aggressive. We have to be what we were against Chelsea and what we were against Liverpool. In fact, we have to be more aggressive than we were against Liverpool. We have to be what we were against Chelsea, which was very much like there's going to be runners from everywhere today, and you're not going to be able to contain. You're not going to be able to contain us because I feel as though what you don't want to do is you don't want to get to half time and have the game be nil nil. Because I think if the game is nil nil at half time, I think United look at that as a win and they go, right, we can win this from here now. I think you have to go, they have to go into half time with the crowds backs up, with the Ole booze out, all that sort of business, which means that City have to not just dominate possession. We have to take the chances that come our way and make sure that we've, uh, that we've got ourselves a lead. And I don't, I don't think that, you know, I don't think that we're incapable of doing that. I think we're absolutely capable of going there, not just controlling possession, but being aggressive enough to to get the first goal and putting pressure on them and trying to get the. You want to quieten the crowd, and then you really you want them. You want the boos and the whistles. You want them turning on their own. And the way things are, we can do that. We just Guardiola has to get his selection right. And I think you know, I, I rarely criticize Pep, but I do think that the the kind of you know 
he's he's been a little he's been a if he's true to his word that players who perform stay in the side and players who don't perform don't stay in the side Grealish got to come out and if he starts tomorrow then I'm going to be pissed mm. because it's like well you you're not true to your word and how are you then going to motivate the lads who are on the bench to play when you need them if yeah like if underperforming players continue to to stay in the side and I feel as though before anybody says what about De Bruyne Kevin De Bruyne has earned the right to play even when he's in a bad run of form like there's certain players who are effectively untouchable and and De Bruyne and Foden are more or less untouchable for me but nobody else is everybody else has to perform otherwise you come out the side so yeah so that's my that's my kind of general overall on on what United will be and what I think City need to do I mean, you mentioned that about you know the need of not going in at, at half-time nil-nil. It's pertinent that just shy of a third of City's goals across all competitions this season have been scored in the first half an hour. And mm. um, United have already scored eight goals beyond the 80th minute. And they did this last season as well. I mean, Jesus, they, they were just scored late so often last season. So, mm. yeah, you don't want it to be nil-nil or even a one-nil lead going into that kind of 80th minute because they're just specialists at scoring late. Um Chris, how do you see the game playing out and your score prediction, please? Well, I took a 1-0 right now. I took a 1-0 that we score in the first 20 minutes and then we pass him to death and then Ronaldo, <laughs> gets, substi- and then Ronaldo gets substituted on the 65th minute because his, his contribution is completely redundant. And that, that's what I'd like to see it play out. But I think that th- that point you make, Steve, about them, them being kind of specialists at, at, in those in those last-minute goals, that also... It also says a lot about the opposition as well. Years ago, when United were superb at that, of always being able to put, to pull a, a draw or a loss back to be able to get a last-minute goal, a lot of that was the psychology of the teams they were playing against as well. Because though, because United believed they could always do it, the opposition sort of felt it was inevitable that, that they were going to do it. I think that if they, if we are if we are winning one nil in the last ten minutes and they really put the pressure on. I think it'll be more about us than what we do in response than actually what what United will be doing. They're always dangerous, but then you know I look at the teams that they've beat in the last ten minutes, and they're not that it's not of the caliber that that City has. So um, I don't know. It's it's really hard to say, but but I do think as Aysan says, I, I do think we will dominate. I do think that we will suffocate um and and I do really think that it will really highlight you know Ole's incompetence and and you know his, his inability to be to strategically apply anything uh, in a big game but I just I want us to score within the first 25 30 minutes I feel that that, that would really it, it wouldn't just settle my nerves but it would also impact on the way the rest of the game plays out if we go into the second half having not scored it's just the situation just slightly changed but I do feel reasonably confident that we can we can score in the first half well, based on based based simply on the fact that we're the better team well I'm on the on the subject of late goals there for United, it should be said as well, City, there's no team in the world better at holding out a 1-0 mm. win than City. I mean, just there isn't. I can't think of a single team out there who, who kind of can see out a fight uh, last 10 minutes when City can. So I'm confident in that regard. Um, Lloyd, how do you see the game playing out and your score prediction, please? Oh, score prediction as well. Um, so yeah, similar to the lads. So 
Look, everything that I've said on this podcast, um, I, I, I don't want it to come across that I think we're going to, you know, it's going to be a complete walkover. It, it obviously won't be. I just do think there's more, slightly more in it for us than maybe there has been in previous kind of matchups against United. Um, I, I, look, ultimately, there's no way we won't dominate the ball. There's no way they won't play dead. Um, I think the team selection on both sides is really interesting. If they go for a back three <clears throat> with Shaw, say, at, at centre-back and Tellers at left wing-back, then I, I would fancy that, personally. Um, I think if they manage to get an extra man in midfield because they play a back four, I think that would give them a little bit more um, because, obviously, we, we are just going to partic- dominate the ball in midfield and we'll look to kind of pull pull them around the pitch. Um, I just think that give, that'll probably give them a bit more stability. But yeah, um, look, I just I hope we fucking smash him. Like, <laughs> um, I hope we fucking hand him another dirty win. And uh, Solskjaer's played his own like 4D chess and the only manager that could have replaced him is now fucked off to Spurs. Um, but I don't, I don't know, I don't think, I, I can't see like a 5-0 or something as much as I'd love to predict that. Um, but I do think it should be more comfortable than maybe you lads think so I'm going to go 3-1 to City okay uh, Isan your score prediction yeah I like I like what Lloyd's just said there about the score I think I, I, I'm i going to go clean sheet things as well because John Stones is back so <laughs> I'm going to go with 2-0 City 2-0 and 3-1 for you Lloyd was it 1-0 was it Chris for you I said go for 1-0 but for me it's quite simple we will create chances if we take them we'll win 4-0 but I'll take oh. a, but, but but well if we do if we will create chances yeah. if they if they if they play a back three of of Maguire Shaw and Bay okay we will create chances around that yeah. if we take them we will win handsomely but right but I will take a one nil uh, right now and and the clean sheet with that I've got a feeling for a two nil for City um, but it's going to be tighter than previous derbies um, in terms of possession as well I, I don't think they're going to play dead as much as you guys say they will of course I just don't think it'll be as extreme as you guys have said but um, we'll wait and see let's wait and see um, thanks guys I really enjoyed that and I do feel more confident now going into the derby so thank you very much Asaf absolute pleasure mate thanks Lloyd cheers fella thanks Chris welcome thanks lads And thanks, everyone, for listening in. Uh, That's a wrap for today, folks. We're off to figure out a way that City can win tomorrow while keeping Solskjaer firmly at that wheel. In the meantime, though, take care of yourselves, be well, and forever up the top togs of Manchester.